0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Hope Parent Podcast. Welcome to the first podcast episode of 2021. This podcast exists to come alongside you as parents and raising the next generation of Jesus followers. And we are so grateful for all of you for tuning in to today's podcast. If you like this content, we please consider sharing it with your friends and other parents so we can continue to serve others just like you. Well, in this episode, we're going to be continuing our conversation that we started last month on the topic of screen time. So if you've not listened to that episode, pause this one, listen to that one before continuing on. Now, we have some, a few members of our NextGen team joining the conversation. We have Krista Carter from our preschool team, and we've got Amber Ramsey and Tony Caniglia from our Hope Kids team. We've got Trenton Dorner here from our Hope Students team. We've got Carrie Gilliam and myself from our Next Gen kind of overall team, and uh, we're just super excited to be uh, getting this conversation going. So to continue this conversation, I'm going to throw it over to Trenton, and he's going to host us and begin our conversation together.
1: Thank you, Jeff. We spent a good bit of time on the last episode covering the topic of screen time. And what we were really trying to do is simply answer the question of how much screen time is too much screen time. And again, if you haven't listened to that, we'd love for you to go back and listen to that now because this is part two. And one thing we did not cover on that episode is what we're is what is actually coming across those screens. It's one thing to just look at a screen and be on a screen 24-7, but it's a whole other topic of conversation to talk about what's actually coming through the screens. And so... We wanna do that today. We wanna talk about the content that our students and our kids are consuming on a daily basis through screens. We wanna ask the question, is it good? Is it bad content? Is it meaningless content or simply unhelpful or is it helpful content? And if it is bad content, what do we do about that? And how should we think wisely and biblically about these things? And so with that being said, let's jump into our discussion today with the crew. Question number one, friends, why is it important that we talk about the kinds of content that comes through our kids and our students' phones or devices. Tonys, what do you think?
2: It's important to talk about what we see, view, or watch, because Scripture shares so much wisdom in what we see, view, and watch. I mean, one of Jesus' commands, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He goes on later to say in Matthew that the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the content we view or your kids view does not draw us or them closer to God, we aren't able to see his righteousness. We aren't able to see how he's moving, how he's working. And if we aren't seeking his righteousness, then scripture says we're unhealthy.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really big deal. And Jeff, I know you've got some things you'd like to to add to that, what yeah, think? I mean,
2: I
0: totally agree with that. I think you know more than anything, we and our kids and the things that we view on our screen, they often capture our hearts. We live in a digital age, and we talk about and share about all things digital, whether it's a movie or a TV show we'd recommend, or better yet, quote. We do a lot of movie quotes in our family, or if it's just a picture or video that we post or share with other people. We give time and energy to screens. So if what we view on those screens is pure, which can often be the case, then purity will capture our hearts. But if what we view on the screens is impure, then we know that impurity will capture our hearts. Jesus says this in Matthew 6, verse 19. He says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Now, a lot of times, and, and rightly so, within the context of of these verses, we, we think about these verses regarding material possessions. But I think today, within our context, the treasures can also be applied to what we see and, and what we value on the screens being things that we store in our hearts. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I've, I've never made that connection from that passage. I think that's really, really helpful. Carrie, why do you think it's important that we have this conversation?
3: Okay. So in the context of my kids being um, all teenagers, um, our conversations have a lot to do um, with what comes through the screens uh, usually has to do with the opposite sex. Um, we need to be the ones to say hard and sometimes embarrassing things to our kids so they aren't embarrassed to talk to us. Uh, nobody wants to talk to your kids about sex. Uh, that definitely isn't the first thing you think of in the morning. Yay, I get to tell my baby where she came from. <laughs> um, but I honestly feel like like, especially parents in my generation, we didn't even know where to start with our own kids because we never had any kind of conversation about sex. Um, the only porn we had when I was growing up, um, came in the form of a magazine, uh, behind a blacked out cover in the corner of the store. Um, sex wasn't talked about, which made it hard to get answers. I do not want that for my own kids. Um, I want them to talk to me Talk to me about where they hear things. Um, Um, that they don't understand, I want to be their expert, not a screen, not some teenage kid who knows nothing about what they're talking about, um, or the damage that they could be doing by telling my kids lies about what sex is and intended to be.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's really important, especially with those incredibly vulnerable, important conversations like sex and things like that, for us to be the ones having those conversations rather than YouTube. YouTube can help us fix a a sink, but maybe not that necessarily. (laughs) Amber, why do you think it's important for us to have this conversation?
4: Sorry. I think it's important to talk about content because a worldly message is being sent in almost everything our kids watch and listen to, especially follow your heart. It's all about you. Make yourself happy. Uh, It's important to teach our kids to use discernment and how that affects your relationship with Jesus. It's not about you, it's about him. I also feel it's important to not just categorize into good and bad content, but to run everything through what God says about it.
1: For sure, that's That's incredibly important. Carissa, what what do you think? Why do you think it's important that we have this conversation?
5: Well, I've just found that as my kids were younger, like preschool age and elementary age, I felt like it was my job to parent and put heavy restrictions on electronics because my job was to keep them safe from the dangers that I knew were out in the internet. But as our children get older, we must go deeper and teach them about how to manage and utilize the tool and, research and resource that internet can actually be. In fact, I just had a conversation with my seven, seventh grade son two days ago concerning content. Um, he actually turned to me and said, Mom, why is YouTube so bad? And I feel like I kind of got a preface as to why he even asked me that question. And that's because I took YouTube off of his Chromebook he was using for school. Cool, friends. Very mm. important that I had to do that. <laughs> but it prompted this wonderful conversation. And I responded, son, YouTube isn't good or bad because I'm so grateful for your learning from YouTube how to fix my sink. In fact, I did do that, Trenton. My faucet. Good. I needed a new one you and I used YouTube for this.
1: Very helpful. Yeah, congratulations!
5: Fixing those little stupid things on your car that you don't want to go and pay somebody for. And um, I've just used YouTube for even listening to music. I love it. But we need to learn, I told him, that what we put in our heads actually affects us in our personal life. So he responded very quickly, as any seventh grade boy would, nothing that I watch on YouTube affects me. So we Mm -hmm. continued our conversation, talking about ads and how they are so personalized to what we watch. Videos are even recommended to us by what we're watching. And we talked about how when I was a kid, there was restrictions on ads that could be even shown to children during kids' programming. Then the light bulb all of a sudden went off in his head. He realized how content on YouTube had directly had affected him even this Christmas. He said, Mom, before Christmas, I was watching YouTube and it recommended me to watch a video of a guy playing this game, 2K. It was a basketball game, by the way. And from me watching it, I decided to ask for it for Christmas. Then I got it, the game for Christmas, Mom, and I'm playing this 2K basketball game. And then it has affected me in my personal life, Mom, like you just said, where I actually want to go and play basketball in my real life. And I've been doing that, Mom. I've been playing more basketball. Light bulb. He had just connected all of the dots. And then he said, Mom, I guess what I watch really does affect what I do. Now let me tell you, this was not a conversation that I had perfectly planned out to have with my son. And I think that some of my best parenting moments I've had with my kids in their middle school years have been a normal conversation. I just encourage you to keep up normal conversation about everything as a parent. And they are smart. Your kids figure it out as you're talking. I just wanted them to learn that the content that you allow yourself to watch directly affects your personal life. And even as an adult, I can fall into a trap or I can allow it to affect me in good ways.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's great. One one thing I tell our students all the time is that everyone is being discipled. Mm-hmm. It's not a question of if you're being discipled. It's only a question of who is discipling you, Jesus or the world. And the reality is we have to have this conversation because our kids and students are being discipled by the world through these screens. And so for me, this raises another question that I think is worth being specific about, and it's this. In your experience as parents, what has been the most harmful content maybe that has come through your student's screen? Carrie, what about you?
3: So here we go. Um, So, so many, so many things. Um, But porn, um, that's right. Pornography, is probably the biggest one for teenagers. Um, um, Just let me be clear here, I check search history. Um, They are not searching for it. Other people sending images is the biggest, most harmful thing in my opinion. Um kids are bold nowadays. Uh, I would have never thought to send a nude or a topless picture to a boy I thought was cute, let alone take it. Um, those pictures were reserved for that magazine that I mentioned a little earlier. <laughs> um, it is everywhere and we need to talk about it. Um, the other thing, monitor what your kids are watching on Netflix. Um, some of that stuff is straight up porn. And you, as the parent, are paying for it to be readily available in your house.
1: Yeah, that's good. yeah, for sure, it's it's a big deal, and it's everywhere, and it's becoming more and more no- normalized in our society. You mm-hmm. know, definitely. Jeff, I know you've got some some even stats to kind of yeah. back some of this stuff up.
0: Yeah, you know, I think the immediate response for all of us is that pornography is definitely the danger that's out there on the internet. Um, just a just a few stats 40 million Americans regularly visit porn sites 35% of all internet downloads are related to porn 34% of internet users have experienced unwanted exposure to pornographic content through ads pop-up ads misdirected links or emails yeah. Um, and then this is a big one too. 33% of pornography viewers right now are now women. Wow. Um, and I think that's huge. And if you have daughters right now and you're listening to this, whether they're in elementary school or they're in middle school or high school, just know. Um, It is becoming very normal, not just for the boys to be tempted by it. We've had that experience for years, but for the girls to be tempted as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of it is the whole, some of it's through homosexual type stuff. Some of it's through like just experiences I've um, experienced with with my daughter and others where it's been um, a, hey, you have to watch this to see how yes. you can be as a sexual partner. Yep. Um, and and it's, it's more of a, like for girls, it's some education type yep. stuff. And it's just wow. something that um, is crazy. So 33% of viewers of pornography are now women. The average age of a child at the first time they see Internet pornography, the average age is 11 years old. That's the average age, meaning if you've got an average, you've got kids who are way younger than that and kids who are older than that, that bring that average to 11 years old. So that's fifth or sixth grade um, that they're seeing this. And for some kids, second, third, fourth grade or maybe even younger. Um, And so that is um, incredible incredibly um, hard to hear. Um, And then one out of seven children have received a solicitation of porn. And there are 100,000 websites that offer illegal child pornography. And then lastly, the Crimes Against Children Research Center says that one in five teenagers have received a sexual solicitation via the internet. And this is sad About 25% of those youth who were encountered and who encountered a sexual approach or solicitation, only 25% of those even thought it um, important enough or um, were brave enough really to even report that. So one out of four kids, 25% are telling their parents, hey, somebody just asked me to send them this kind of picture or to meet them somewhere. Mm. Only 25% are telling their parents that.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's sad. Um, And it's a conversation, frankly, that we have probably weekly in our student ministry through small groups and stuff like that. It is a massive, massive deal. And so obviously pornography is a, a major issue of content that's coming through screens. But what are some other things that could be dangerous that you've seen are dangerous, that are harmful or maybe potentially could be dangerous? Carissa, what do you
5: think? Yeah, I would say that it's kind of been different for each one of my kids. When my daughter was in fifth grade, she had an iPod. And it was that where, version where you could actually, like, connect it to the internet and make phone calls through the internet. Um, I happened to take her iPod and was looking through what she was doing, and she'd made an account on Pinterest without me even knowing, which we all kind of think of Pinterest as, wow, not a big deal. Okay, I was not thinking I was fine anything. But the thing was is she was pinning a whole bunch of things that had swear words in it. She was having conversations because you can have conversations in Pinterest with a classmate of hers and they were swearing back and forth. So it was a great time for me to stop and say, let's have a conversation about that. And I did that and we decided it was best for her to just not have a Pinterest account because even a Pinterest account became a way that she could do things that weren't what Jesus wanted. Um, The other thing was my son was actually looking up how to hook up with girls in Minecraft, which is we think like, oh, Minecraft, not a big deal. But actually he was looking for things on YouTube with that line in it. So we had a conversation on to not hook up with girls in Minecraft, believe it or not. And then we decided, let's take down the Minecraft account. So we now have Pinterest, Minecraft, things you wouldn't think about. The last one is with my other son. Um, I have three children. My last one, he actually was on YouTube and I was scrolling through history and he started to watch, but didn't finish watching, by the way, because I've learned like that red bar on the bottom shows you in the history how much they actually watched. It was um, a picture of a girl that was in laundry very suggestive on a bed and there was a very suggestive headline on there so we had a great conversation about with him if the cover looks like that if that first pin picture looks something like this if there's a suggestive headline don't even click on it Mm -hmm. because we know as adults it's going to suggest even more shows like that it's going to go even deeper and deeper and deeper Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to catch it so I just want to encourage you guys as parents I chose, I've chosen as a parent to pray for God to reveal to me different things so that I can catch it before it even becomes a problem. And I know that there's always going to be troubles and problems, but I encourage you as a parent, pray that God would reveal to these things to you Mm. at an early time. And he will, because we're not doing parenting alone.
1: Yeah, that's a good word. Amber, anything else that you would note that you've seen be potentially harmful through a screen?
4: Well, we've had several issues also, so I have been very strict on what I let, um, especially my daughter, download on her phone. But after several conversations, and actually she said, Mom, I just want to do one dumb teen thing. I let her get Mm TikTok. Well, there's all these sample songs, and they don't really show you what the song is about. And we watched a dance that she did, and her dad and I knew what the song was, so she watched the video, and she was so upset that that's what that song was. that she cried because she did not want to portray herself that way and then since that she has really used better judgment on what she dances to and yeah Yeah. that's good yeah
1: Yeah. tony anything you would add to this conversation not necessarily as a parent but just as someone who understands the culture that these kids and students are are currently living in in 2021
2: first i am a parent
1: well remember but a parent of a kid who's of age I just don't give you a hard time
2: for that. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, just moving on. K- k- answer the question, <laughs> no, no. Tony. Um, the first, <laughs> the first thing I would say is um, definitely the harmful content comes through video games. Um, just being mindful of what your kids are playing. Um, I know with video games nowadays, um, it's not like a physical copy where you have to go to the store and buy it. It's stuff that you can download straight yeah. to your system, your platform. Know where your kids are playing, but also too, uh, video games are very different where you can talk with people from all across the world. Um, I remember um, like hooking up to Xbox Live and being called things that I would never like imagine coming out of my mouth, And it happened to be like an 11 or 12 year old, you know, just like it's just amazing the things that are conversations that are coming through. Um, It's just being mindful of the video games that they're playing. But I kind of want to go a little bit different route, too. I know we talked a lot about pornography and the content that they're viewing, but also kind of want to bring about the content that they're putting out that may not be harmful in nature, but can be dangerous or harmful, harmful for them if the situation kind of presents itself. So I was kind of thinking through um, for this question, I had a volunteer in kids ministry years ago who worked for the cyber crime unit for city of Henderson. So he would be the one that would um, go after kind of sexual predators and people going, you know, trying these men or women portraying teenagers that are trying to instigate this relationship with them. So whenever he canceled on a, on a Sunday, I knew where he was. He was busting these people, um, putting them in jail. But I remember this training I sat in, and he brought um, – he befriended – or on social media, this, teenage, this um, 16-year-old girl, all of her social media accounts, and based on what she put out there, from pictures that she posted, from status updates to locations to the friends she was with, schools, her house – She put so much information about herself on there that anyone could see that, and it put her in a very harmful and a dangerous position. Um, It's just something to be mindful of. And and again, what we post out there, it's definitely, you know, playful at heart or just something that we just want to post out there because it's an event that we did or we're hanging out with something specific. But especially if there are people on your kid's social media accounts that they don't know who are following them, they're maybe having eyes or keeping tabs on what's going on that's right. it's another it's a, just a different kind of harmful that could lead to something that's dangerous but it's your it's you know your son or daughter posting that they're out away from home away from you um, their school their classes whatever this that information is valuable to people whose intention is to hurt children to hurt mm-hmm. students um, that would be my encouragement just watch what they're posting and talk about the discernment and making sure what they're putting out there going to make sure that they're going to be safe at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know if you're a parent right now, this can probably sound really depressing (laughs) and we don't intend for that to be the case, but we did want to be specific about some of the stuff that we've just seen that is just frankly, incredibly dangerous for a kid growing up in 2021. And for me specifically, the challenge for students and working with students a lot is that today Beyond pornography, what they're consuming is actually teaching them a worldview. And every worldview tries to answer a few really foundational questions. Questions like, who am I? Culture tells them that they are whatever they want to be. Well, God tells them, you are a human being made in my image, and you were made for a specific purpose. Questions like, what is wrong with the world? And culture tells them that what's wrong with the world is outside of us, and all we need to do is to continue to progress with new ideas, new laws, new ways of living that arise from inside of us, and then we will fix every problem in our world. Well, God tells us, and the gospel tells us, that the problem of the world is actually inside of us, and it's sin, and what we need is a solution outside of us, and the solution is Jesus, And my point in saying that is the worldview that is being shoved down students' and kids' throats today is anti-gospel. And this is a really, really big deal because the story that students end up believing ends up being the story they end up living. And we want our kids and we want our students to live out the story of God and the gospel. And which leads me to this question. There's been a lot that's been said so far. That we need to protect our students and kids from, but what have you seen in your experience that has actually worked in doing that? What have you seen in your experience that has worked to protect kids and students from the harmful content that's come through our screens that we've mentioned so far? So far, Tony, what do you think on this one?
2: Um, I mean, right off the top of my head, blocking specific um, websites and apps. Um, but here's the deal is that technology changes so fast. So as soon as you block one, there's going to be yep. five right behind it that your kids are going to know about. So it's like, it's not just, I blocked one. I did my work. I'm good. It's a constant yeah. education yeah. and information as far as what's out there. Yeah. Um, limiting a the screen time to certain times of the day or specific places in the house. Um, making sure phones aren't, you know, in bedrooms or computers or laptops in uh, bedrooms by themselves. Um, or setting a curfew for the cell phone and not allowing or past a certain time. So like 9 p.m., phones are back with parents, something like that. You just have to put those restrictions and guidelines on those, on those different areas of like tablets and phones and platforms to
1: protect their kids. Yeah, for sure. That's helpful. Chris, I know you're passionate about this. What, do you, what have you seen that's actually worked in protecting kids from this kind of stuff?
5: Conversations conversations, conversations. Um, you will know what your kids are looking at by what they specifically talk about. Make a time to eat a meal together at least once a day. I will never forget there was a wise old doctor that I went to when my kids were really little at the time. They were three, four and five. That's right. I had them all back to back. Call me crazy. Call me smart. I don't know, but I did. And he said, do you, do you eat at least one meal together as a family every day? And I quickly could respond yes to this. Then he said, continue to do this because it's the best thing that you can do for your kids. In fact, there is research to prove that there are 90% less chance of actually getting in trouble in school or even doing drugs because you sit around a table and talk. It is the best thing that you can do for your kids. Now, as my kids were little, this was an easy thing to do. When they're three, four, and five, what else do they got to do? They don't got any other friends. It's me, friends. But... As they've gotten older, there has been so much pulling at us to be a part of this sport or extra activity. And as a parent, sometimes I feel bad that I don't have my kids in all of these activities. But what that doctor said to me has stuck with me over the years. We continue to talk and it meals together as a family. And I know what my kids are doing if I just listen to what they talk about every single time they are together with me. It is hard sometimes because I'm not interested in everything they are. -hmm. are. This is for sure but I set down my phone and I listen.
1: Well, I think it's great. I mean, you see this even in the life of Jesus. A lot of the really important conversations he had with disciples or people outside of the disciple group happened around a table, around food. So I think it's a, I think it's a great principle that we can try to model as well. Carrie, what about you? What have you seen that's actually worked?
3: Um, so I'm kind of going to piggyback on Carissa, like being there. Um, if there's a new show that my, that Daisy wants to watch, we watch it together. We can have conversations. If there are inappropriate things, we can stop and talk about it. We can, um, you know, have a conversation about whether or not this content is good for her. If she thinks that she should be watching it, um, just things like that. The biggest thing for me is just to be, um, especially teenage parents, like be aware of, um, different things that your kids could be doing um my oldest daughter um just happened to say finstagram to me the other day and I'm like what is that um she's like oh it's like fake instagram um kids are have one account um that they let their parents and certain friends be on and they have another account um that other friends and and you post more uh, i guess harmful things um so I kind of thought about it of like We talk about church clothes and play clothes, or this is your church friend account and this is your school friend account. Um, Like we need to know that there are things out there Tony just told us about another thing about, um, it looks like a calculator on your phone and for parents, that's what it looks like. And when the kids open it up, it's like this whole new world of ways of hiding certain apps from your parents. Like what the heck? Like these kids are smart. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, and we as parents need to stick together. And when we hear things like this, like have conversations about that. That's right.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, it's a big deal. Jeff, what do you you think? What have you found that's worked in this conversation?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for us, just major open and transparent conversations with our kids um, and just explaining the dangers, but also just talking to them about how how your whole life can be reshaped by all of this. Um, And so I even um, get down to explaining um, the brain's wiring and how our brain is wired one way, but... Um, with um, pornography and masturbation as an example. Um, did I say masturbation? I did. Sure did. I did. I sure did. Um, but with pornography and masturbation, for example, that that um gives a um, dopamine release that begins to rewire your brain to where your brain is telling your body that it needs to be more dependent upon that release. And so you go more and more searching for that release one one time after another, and it begins to rewire your brain. And then your whole life, it becomes shaped um, by that addiction. Um, And that addiction is the very thing that the enemy uses to steal, kill and destroy our lives. And so um, and so we talk about, you know, hey, is this do you is this the way forward for you? Do you want your brain to be? Rewired this way to where you become dependent upon that feeling or that dopamine release when it comes to you watching porn or masturbating or any of those things, um, and and that answer is is a really easy. Oh my gosh, no, I don't want to <laughs> my brain to be re- rewired, but um, but but that's not that's not talked about a lot with teenagers. It's not talked, that that developmental process. And here's the thing, like anybody can have their brain rewired no matter what age you are. But, um, but when you're in the formative growing age, it's that much easier for it to be rewired, which is the reason why, Porn um, and drugs and all of these things are, are thrown at our kids yes. at this formidable age because if it's thrown at our kids at that formidable age, then they might, the companies are saying, be more dependent upon it yes. after their brains have developed because their brains now are, have been rewired. And so yes. it's, a, it's a crazy game that's going on right now. And the game has our kids as pawns being used.
1: Yeah, yeah I've heard it explain that trying to get somebody who's addicted to pornography uh, when it comes to actually looking at the brain scan, their brain looks the same as somebody who's addicted to hardcore drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so trying to get them off that addiction is just as difficult as trying to get somebody off the drug of cocaine or something. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. that big of a deal. Yep. And so this this has been great it's been incredibly helpful and i really appreciate how personal all of you have been um, in this conversation but for the final question let's let's kind of turn our attention outward to trying to talk specifically to these parents about how to maybe navigate this tension so in your ministry experience, how would you or how have you helped parents navigate this tension of having their kids or students watch and consume things on their screens that they believe to be harmful to them? Maybe, maybe a parent's come to you saying their student has screwed up, they're addicted to this stuff, whatever, and, and they don't know where to turn. What would you say to them? Amber, what would you say?
4: I highly recommend the book, Mama Bear Apologetics. I did it as a book club with other moms, but it is not just for moms. One of the quotes from the book is, we need to teach our children critical thinking skills and prepare them to defend their faith, if not for others, at least for themselves. God has given parents the primary responsibility for the spiritual education of their children. In an increasingly secular world, we need to prepare our children to face a society that responds to Christianity with puzzlement or outright hostility. Or did I say? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Roar like a mama bear is one of the quotes that they say through all the thing, and I'm just gonna read it real quick. R is for recognize the message. O offer discernment. Affirm the good and reject the bad. A argue for a healthier approach. R reinforce through discussion, discipleship, and prayer. Roar like a mama bear.
1: I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I think that's killer. Carissa, what what do you think? How would you help a parent navigate this tension?
5: I love to empower them to be the parent. I think there's a lot of countercultural things where we aren't the biggest influence on our kids, and the truth is, is we still are. So we're empowering parents to be parent because you are the parent that God picked to parent your child. You know them better than any counselor, any pastor, or any family member. You have the power to change what happens next. We can't change the past. So if you come across something and something has happened, however, it does need to be talked about and worked through. You can change the future. Also, don't beat yourself up. Asking yourself, how could this happen? Or asking yourself, what am I not teaching my kids? Your kids have gotten in trouble for years. Kids across the world have gotten in trouble for years. This is now just another way our kids can fall into trouble. But the best thing that you can do is recognize a problem and not ignore it. Dealing with things as they come and prevent what you can, but no, we can't prevent everything. Walk through this with your child, give them love and support, but also guide them. This doesn't mean everything that they say is good. Mm -hmm. Show them the way. Don't just let them pick the way to go. They shouldn't just pick the way again. That's something parents can do. And even the Bible says, train up the child in the way they should go, and they will not depart from it. Now, very interesting though, this verse is not a promise that if we do a great job, our kids will never get into trouble. (laughs) God is telling us that it is our job to train them. Training up children is a hard job, but we are never doing this alone.
1: Yeah, it's great. Tony, how, how would you help a parent navigate this tension?
2: Uh, it's kind of like what Carrie's been saying earlier. Don't be afraid to have the hard conversations. Don't be afraid to talk about pornography and sex. If there's an awkwardness about talking about it with your kids, they're not going to feel comfortable talking about it with you. Yep. Um, additionally, you have to also be open talking about this with other parents as well. Mm -hmm. If you, you are not alone in this, your kids aren't the only ones going through this. I guarantee if you open this up with parents of kids in the same, uh, same age group, same grade or kids who are beyond, you're going to find you're going to have a lot more in common with each other than what you probably thought. Yeah. And then lastly, don't think it's not going to happen to your kids. Don't feel like your kids are immune to this, that yeah. it's someone else's problem, it's other kids' yeah. problems. The reality is, is your kids are exposed to this too. And by having these hard conversations, I think you might be surprised as far as what they've seen or what they've encountered that would completely
1: shock you.
3: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Carrie, what, what would you like to add to this?
3: Um, like, Let's just not sugarcoat things. Uh, the world does not. Um, ultimately, you pay for the screens. Um, if you set rules and boundaries and those are broken, take yes. the screens. Yes. 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 Amen. <laughs> um, like, we survived without a cell phone and a TV in our room. So will they? Um, God gave us the kids that we have because He trusts that we know what's best for them. We have to be okay to be their parent and not their friends. Amen.
1: Yeah, it's a good word. I know this is hard. This is difficult. There's a lot of tension here. And Jeff, I know you've got some thoughts specifically on just that idea of tension. Yeah,
0: tension is a great word for it. Um, There's the tension of shame, guilt, and foolishness versus grace, forgiveness, and wisdom. Um, They're walking through shame. They're walking through guilt. They're walking through foolishness. But what God gives is grace and forgiveness and wisdom. Um, It's a tension of a, a moment of foolishness versus a um, a moment of teaching a, a wiser direction. Um, and so the tension is real. There's tension all around, but we have to hit the tension head on. For me um, as a former student pastor and as a dad of two teenagers, a daughter and a son, um, I do a series of things. Um, and so the first thing I'll, I'll do is I make sure that I assure them that what they're struggling with is normal.
3: Yes, They're
0: not a freak Um, many, many people struggle with the same things. Um, and I may even say to them, you know, I've, I've talked to three other teenagers this week about that, you know, those kind of things to help them understand that their struggles, um, are, are normal. It's, it's something that's out there. It's a temptation that's there and they're not the only ones that are dealing with it. Um, now that doesn't make it right or wise. I tell them, um, But it's nevertheless a real struggle. And in that, then communicate how the behavior, if continued, can and will affect their life in a negative way that is a path that leads them to destruction. Yeah. And I may pull out some stories of, of couples um, that, you know, the, the husband may have been addicted to porn. And when they got married, thought the wife, uh, thought his wife, sex with his wife was going to be a giant porn movie or whatever the thing may be. And, and that's things, stories that I've counseled people through yeah. um, to help them understand the, just how crazy, um, destructive um, that can be on their lives. Um, I also then follow that with John 10.10 and how we have an enemy, Satan, that has come to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. And this is one of the many ways he can destroy us. And we talked about this earlier, but this content of screen time is one of the main ways the enemy wants to attack our kids and our teenagers. Um, And then I talk about the forgiveness that God extends to us when we mess up. God's already forgiven us. He forgave us at the cross. When he died on the cross, he rose again three days later, forever defeating sin, the power of sin and death on our lives, and has already forgiven us. The issue here is the importance of actually receiving that forgiveness, because what happens a lot of times is the enemy tries to get us to beat ourselves up, to live in that shame and guilt, to... to to wallow in the mud of all of that. And there's a time of understanding guilt and shame, but there's a time when we just need to step out of that, receive the forgiveness of God, and, and move on. And so I talk about that. And then I go over ways to walk in deeper intimacy with Jesus, resulting in Jesus being the one that will ultimately satisfy you, not the alternative that for the momentary time you thought might satisfy you when you messed up. And so talk about how Jesus is the one who's the ultimate one who gives us, you know, with the woman at the well, so give you water so that you'll never have to thirst again. Um, and that's the thing is, is we uh, oftentimes these screens are a, a broken cistern, right? There they're, you go to the water, you go to the well and it's empty, Um, and Jesus is the well of life and, um, and gives us that. And then I close with the ways that they can guard themselves through parental controls and accountability from a trusted mentor, a small group leader, a pastor, somebody like that. I, I I right now have a couple of guys in in my life where they see my stuff and I see theirs. Um, and so, um, so that's, that's huge. Um, and so anyway, so I think just the accountability piece is a, is a massive thing as well.
1: This has been Phenomenal. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And obviously, parents, this is an incredibly tense, difficult, and honestly just stressful conversation. Yes, and we need, we really need God's grace and His wisdom and His discernment. And the good news is, even though we feel the need to have all the answers, we don't actually have to have all the answers right. in this discussion because God has promised that His power is made perfect in our weakness. And so, We want you to receive that today, even now, uh, via the Holy Spirit. And so, Jeff, just as we always do, will you just pray for our families as we close our discussion?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity you give us to be able to discuss this. And God, would you, um, God, bring encouragement to every parent listening to this. God, would you encourage them and how much you love them as parents and how much you love their children.
3: Yes,
2: God.
0: And God, I pray that you would um, just um, give them, give every parent a boldness um, to be able to uh, discuss these things, God. Um, God, uh, to encourage them to wrap their arms around their kiddos and their teenagers and to love them and to protect them and to hit these conversations head on about the content that's on screens. Um, God, would you bring an unusual awareness, um, to these parents, God, that of what their kids may, may be looking at. Um, and God, I, I pray, um, I just remember, uh, this, um, advice from a, from a friend and mentor of mine that said, um, I just pray my kids get caught. Yes, um, mm-hmm. yes, God. And um, and God, I, I just, maybe that's our prayer, yes. Um, yes. God, that um, if our kids are looking at something, um, that they would look at it one time and get caught.
5: That's yep. right, God. Um,
0: and, and because of that, that protects them. Yes. Um, and it gives us the opportunity as parents to parent them and to extend that grace and forgiveness and wisdom uh, to their lives and, and to help protect them. And so, God, we just ask that you step in, and we ask that you minister to our uh, to our parents listening in, to our families. And, God, we just uh, thank you for this great opportunity. We love you. And uh, we just take our children, our teenagers, we place them at your feet. And, God, would you have your way and your will with them. And we yes, pray these Lord. things in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. 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 amen and amen. Thank you guys for participating in this conversation. And thank you, parents, for listening in to the first hope parent podcast of 2021 Uh, our prayers that it was encouraging and helpful to you as you seek to raise the next generation of jesus followers we're going to be back in a few weeks with our next episode where we're going to be covering the topic of raising kids who are in the world but not of the world jesus has commanded this to be true of all of us but how in the world do we actually do that in today's climate so be on the lookout for that i think it's going to be incredibly incredibly helpful Please make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast. This really helps us out as it'll keep you up to date as soon as the next podcast releases and it will let other people know as well. And if you liked this content, please make sure to share it on your social media so you can serve other families just like you. Thank you so much and we will see you soon.